You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the Fit, and this is Holly Cotton. The purpose of this show is to explore beyond the traditional health and wellness topics to make sure that we can all become the strongest versions of ourselves inside and out. Holly Cotton here, and today we are joined by Mr. Vale Lewis. And if you guys do not know who Vale is, let me tell you. One, let me take a deep breath, use a little bit of water, because this man's resume just goes on and on and on. So Vale is actually an award-winning organist, keyboardist. He's also a singer, producer, arranger. He has music that can be found on TV shows such as The Sopranos, Mad About You, Friends, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, on and on and on, as well as he has been on concert stages with Frank Frankie Beverly and Mays, the OJs, Grover Washingtons, the Spinners, the Whispers, the Stylistics, the Supremes, <laughs> to name a few. <laughs> I'm telling you, I had to get some water, you guys. Like, he just goes on and on and on. And he's also toured with Dionne Warwick on her world tour. So, you guys, put some respect on Mr. Vale Lewis's name. So, welcome, Vale. All right. Thank you for having me. Okay, so what I wanted to thank you for being here. So what I wanted to do first, because you guys, not only does Vale have all of these accomplishments, but you know that I have a huge platform for people that use this opportunity to give back and pave the way for others. And that is something that Vale does very well. He has a foundation. He's trying to use his platform to expand music, awareness, education, provide that opportunity for not only the youth, but just anyone that's interested in pursuing some type of music as well. So Vale, can you just start off by telling us about your foundation and the five different areas that you guys have? Yes, uh, we developed this nonprofit organization uh, about four years ago. Uh, I believe it was uh, July of, uh, oh, let's see, 2018, which would bring us up to four years. And within those four years, our goal was to be able to provide uh, means for underserved youth in our immediate area. We're in Fort Bend County right now, but we're looking to expand our reach nationwide as well for uh, students who are in music and are struggling. And we've run into quite a few cases of this where some parents have been trying to uh, provide instruments for their child, their son or daughter, but it's hard for them as well. We all are going through some uh, serious problems right now when it comes to economic strife and so forth within our society. So we decided uh, as a group, and we meaning myself and our board, to be able to design programs that can help students that are in schools, middle school, high school students, and give them the resources they need, such as a musical instrument. And I know that is very important for students and parents when they can't afford the cost and investment of a student instrument. Um, I've ran into some parents who are um, trying to rent instruments from school districts, which some school districts do that. But they've come back and said, you know, Vel, you know, I love your program. I love what you're doing for kids. This is great. You know, but I just wanted to say I did not know when we tried to rent an instrument that we would have to go through a credit check to do that. 
I said, wow, I didn't know that as well. And that can be a little embarrassing for some parents who, again, are in the, the underserved areas and they're struggling as it is just to try to um, make ends meet from one day to the next, uh, let alone per month. So we decided to go out to corporations, businesses, philanthropic organizations, individuals, let them know what our mission is, what we're trying to do to help students and ask for donations. We are a 501c3 organization. So we're set up to allow anyone who provides donations to be able to take a tax write-off for that. We are a public charitable organization. And that way we can then encourage the um, local community as well as, again, businesses in the area to see what we're doing and then to offer that assistance that's needed for so many young people that are struggling. So over the past four years, we've been able to give out uh, 21 instruments to students. And in each case that we've done this, the students have excelled within a year and have come back and started winning um, competitions, uh, auditions, getting uh, first place and so forth. And their academic skills have also increased. And that's primarily the purpose of why I wanted to do this. I've worked in the uh, education field for a number of years while I was doing music as well. So I've been able to uh, see the needs of young children and had a pretty good feeling and idea of how to do that. So we've designed our organization to have our instrument fund program, which is uh, what I'm speaking about now. And we also have clinics and workshops where we have been doing them online because of COVID, but now we're able to go in person to some schools. And then we offer um, assistance by bringing in recording artists, professional recording artists, so that they can have more or less like a master class for these students and give them confidence levels to be able to increase that confidence, show them how to do that. And then also uh, help them with camaraderie within the bands and orchestras so that they then learn how to listen to each other and work together and um, why it's so important. Um, we also have the um, uh, music festivals and concerts. It's part of our program as well to allow students the opportunity to perform with these same recording artists as well as international and national recording artists. Some of them are very good friends of mine and they're very supportive of what we're doing as well. Uh, we also direct students into uh, scholarships if they need that to get into college. And we mentor them also as they go into college to help them stay focused in terms of their uh, academics and what they need to do, helping them keep the grades up. And this is one of the things that we also talk about with our podcast show, which is the benefits of music and how music increases a person's men mental ability, their concentration skills, which in turn then helps their mathematical uh, progress, their language arts Im improves, uh, science, and we also, you know, focus within the STEM uh, realm as well to science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. So we try to cover all of these bases with our programs, and uh, so far we've been very successful with it. 
Okay. And I like that you mentioned all, one, all of those are, are great, but I, I like that you mentioned several times about the educational part of it and why it's so important. And Vail and I actually had a little conversation about, about this before we even decided to do an episode because we were just talking about the disparities in more of a lower socioeconomic community and how it's almost like music because it's more expensive. You may not be able to afford those things and it, it affects the educational status and the level of some of those students. And it's almost like music is how they say that if someone is like bilingual or they learn another language that it causes you to think more, it makes sure you have more brain activity, all of that sort of stuff whenever you're talking about another language. And music is also serving that void for the people in, in these communities. So that's why it's so important for Vail and what he's doing to provide access to these communities that may not be able to afford music lessons because I know it was a struggle. Like I took piano lessons when I was little and I know that my mom, she, <laughs> she said it numerous times, like you better be taking advantage of these classes because it's costing some money here. And, mm -hmm. you know, I really think that, like you said, it helps you focus because you have to block out everything else you have to focus on that and it allows you to learn these different learning behaviors of how you can implement into your studies so mm -hmm. i love that you mentioned that numerous times veil because people don't understand the importance of that and they also which maybe you can even give us an insight into that as well but a lot of people don't even know that there is this dis this disparity of various income levels on access to music. So are you seeing that as well? And I know you said where you are, you're in the suburbs too, but do you see that there's, there's that sort of like, these are most of the students that come in and the parents have money and they're able to provide it compared to those who don't? Yeah, especially here in uh, our area of Fort Bend County, it's been assumed by many people that this is a more affluent area than let's say you know, greater Houston and the downtown East Houston areas, which is true. However, there's pockets in this community where there's uh, poverty levels. People are actually dealing with poverty on a daily basis. And because it's somewhat of a hidden factor because it's not seen by most people because they're driving through the county or they may live on a certain area where it's really nice and they don't have that kind of problem. It's blocked out and they don't believe that it exists. But we've done some research and surveys as well when we first started out uh, with the Fort Bend ISD uh, schools to find out from band directors, how many students are in need of instruments and what are you seeing from that as these students come to you and want to play an instrument? And it was surprising to hear many of the middle school band directors, I expected to hear more of this from high school, but middle school said that they uh, see students sometimes walking by the band room and they may ask them, hey, you look like you're interested. You want to play an instrument? Oh, no, I, I, I can't. And, and they just walk away and they say, well, wait, wait, why? My mom, she can't afford it. 
the kids know. They know what the situation is at home. And a lot of times, again, they'll just walk away or it's just they know right away they can't do this. But that's not an acceptable reason for me. I feel that if someone who really cares about seeing our young people succeed, seeing them have some upward mobility in their lives. That's one of the things that I learned when I was growing up. Um, I was in a school, which was in Philadelphia, and there were people that came and to my classroom and wanted to see me specifically and said, we'd like to have you perform with a couple of your classmates on a TV show. What? First of all, I didn't know why. How did you know that I even play an instrument? And then on top of that, uh, really, I, I'm being out of school. Uh, does my mother know about it? Oh, no, we've already called your mom. She's already aware of it. Uh, there's a limousine sitting outside. You know, he's going to take you guys down to the studio downtown Philadelphia. And you're going to record some jazz music. Oh, OK. Well, I haven't rehearsed with these guys. Oh, no worries. You know, we just do some standards. So, again, these are things that. I learned from instructors who we had to pay privately. Thank God that I had parents who were able to afford the lessons that I had uh, from a private base. But because I received these types of blessings along the way in my life, my goal, again, after I became a professional recording artist, was to be able to give back to students just as I received. People had given me instruments when I was younger. My mother did have to buy, you know, an organ for me, my father as well, you know, and they um, took their money and pulled it. And, you know, we rented one for a while and then we purchased an organ. But from that point, as I began to get more successful, I was able to buy my own instruments. So I want to be able to do the same thing with kids. And again, with um, the education factor, we've seen also uh, the benefits of how music has helped them increase their mathematics skills. I asked one of my students, I have 19 students that I teach privately. Do you feel that music is helping you with your schoolwork? Yes. I said, well, why do you think that? Well, because you're teaching me how to count and I can count better now. And I'm, you're telling me to always concentrate and focus. So when I do that, I see now that I can count beats within the the measures of music while I play, and I'm using both of my hands separately, independently. It, there you go. It increases motor skills, uh, their aptitude as far as being able to absorb what they're seeing as well as what they hear. So all of the senses are working together, which causes the brain to start functioning actively, more so than what it normally does. And there's clinical studies that prove this. Exactly. And you know what, Val, you just made me think I need to take up some music because I'm getting old now and I need to keep my mind. Call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I need to get my mind together. Let me go. Let me go take some music lessons. I love that. I love that. So, mm -hmm. Val, would you tell us, I know you kind of mentioned um, some some things about your youth and growing up in general um, in that in that explanation of the importance of it and the, the things that music leads to. But can you tell us about how you started to where you are now, some of the, the things that you did, like you said, how you in, in school and the limo was there. So can you mm -hmm. tell us how you started, how you found this passion and then how you ended up where you are now? 
Well, I always blame it on my mother. She was a tap dancer and an acrobat when she was young. Uh, she didn't travel much. I think she told me she had to stop when she was 13 or 14 because her mother passed away. So her father asked her to come off the road, come home. You need to be home to help the family. So she did that. And I think when I was born as being the firstborn, she figured, okay, I'm going to instill in you what I missed. You're going to be, you know, that famous person that she always wanted to be. So one day when I was about 10 years old, I was walking by her in the kitchen and she said, you know what, you're going to play an instrument. I said, well, why is that? She said, because I said so. You're going to play an instrument. I said, okay. So she said, when you go to school tomorrow, you're going to pick out an instrument to play. Okay. I went to school and talked to the music teachers. Uh, I think I might want to play flute. That didn't work. I tried the flute for about uh, maybe six months or so, and I couldn't get over the dizziness of the playing and all that. That just didn't work. So the music teacher said, Val, I can tell you're not practicing with this thing. Look, you need to pick something else. Okay, fine. There was a guy in my class, and I believe this was probably sixth grade, who played organ, and I think he played in church. But he seemed so happy when he would be sitting there and he's bouncing up and down, the feet going on the pedals and the hands moving all together. I said, that looks fun. Okay, I think I'll try that. And I also started picking up some drum lessons as well because they had drum pads there. So I was trying that as well. And teachers were you know, showing me how to use the left hand, how to use the right hand and so forth. So between the two uh, instruments, I gravitated more towards organ and then started taking private lessons and at the same time i also started singing and i was singing with the um, school choir and then from an audition i advanced to the all philadelphia boys choir uh, that choir usually is compared with the vienna boys choir uh, the same level of and of students pretty much in age as well as the style of music that's performed so I was uh, with that organization, I said, probably from the time I was 10 until my voice changed, which would have been maybe 14, 15 years old. And I was under the direction of Dr. Carlton J. Lake at the time with the choir. Uh, I was also doing private lessons at Settlement Music School. So um, I had a well-rounded uh, level of instruction when I was younger. And then as I graduated from middle school into high school, that's when I was in, I think, a history class one day. And the principal, the police officer that usually is stationed at the school, and some other guy that I'd never seen before, they were all three standing at the door, outside of the door of the room, looking at me. So after a couple of minutes, I started thinking, well, I'm in class. I did not cut class. Why are you looking at me? And then they opened the door and they asked the teacher, uh, could we speak with Val Lewis, please? I said, uh-oh, something has happened. I don't know what. <laughs> so I get outside and they said, you know, we'd like for you to do this TV show with your schoolmates. And I'm, I said, okay. And I asked the principal, you know, does my mother know about that? Oh, no, we already called her. She, she knows. Said, okay, good. So it turns out once we got to the studio, when I asked the guy that I didn't know, since he was with us only at that point, so who are you? He said, well, my name is Ira Tucker Jr. And I am business manager for Stevie Wonder. What? <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> and you're here in Philadelphia? Why? <laughs> it turned out he actually... Uh, 
again, was the son of a very famous singer who was a lead singer for the Dixie Hummingbirds. And they all lived in Philadelphia, but I just never met them because they were in a different part of the city. Uh, right after we finished the recording session at the TV studio, uh, Mr. Tucker came to me and said, uh, Val, can you go with me to a recording studio in New Jersey? Uh, okay, uh, does my mother know about this? I think I need to call her. Oh, no, you go ahead and call her and let her know. So I called mom, and again, since she already knew that I was at the TV studio, and I told her I was with this guy, and his name is Ira Tucker Jr., and he wants to take me to a studio, I guess she knew who he was or his father. Um, I didn't know anything about him or the Dixie Hunter Birds at that point because I hadn't really played much gospel music at that time. Um, but that's what we were about to do. We went to a studio in New Jersey, and I ended up recording for the Gospel Airs, which was... Uh, gospel group the sensational nightingales recorded their album and the five blind boys recorded their album and during these recording sessions i met some very very important people paul simon was sitting in the control room at one point from simon and garfunkel listening to me as i recorded that ended up with me performing on a song that Stevie Wonder wrote called Jesus Children of America. It was on, on his Intervision album. Also, I played uh, some bass pedals on the song that Paul Simon wrote for the uh, Dixie Hummer Birch, which was called Love Me Like a Rock. Very popular song that they recorded. While all of these sessions were happening again, someone by the name of Evelyn Champagne King came into the studio and was sitting there when she first did her first recording. And I got to meet her and her manager that was there uh, while they were listening back on their recording. And then uh, Mr. Ira Tucker Sr., who was the producer of all these sessions, said, uh, Val, why don't you step in the back office there? And uh, there's another person you need to meet. Her name is uh, Reverend Shirley Caesar. <laughs> so can you imagine someone you know 16 years old 15 16 just meeting these famous people all of a sudden so that inspired me quite a bit to know that you know i can do this and maybe have a successful career even just being a, a studio musician uh doing that type of work took me out to california all expense paid trip to stay in Hollywood at the uh, Sunset Hyatt House, one of the top floors. I was there while, uh, excuse me, I think the uh, Rolling Stones were in the penthouse, uh, another group from Philadelphia, a uh, girls group, and they happened to be some of my schoolmates uh, from a group called First Choice. Uh, we were all there in the studio, in the hotel together. And I was doing recording sessions for ABC Hill, uh, ABC Dunhill Records at the time. Again, some of these uh, gospel sessions. And things just continued to elevate from there uh, with the uh, group called The Futures that I was a part of for many years. And then from there to the Delphonics, performed with them and toured for quite a while. And while I was with these groups, that's why I was able to be on stages with the groups like the Stylistics, who most of those members were also from Philadelphia. Um, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes and uh, the spinners and whatnots and uh, the moments and all these groups uh, fifth dimension was also there at that point and um, the group the futures were signed to philly international records where a lot of these uh, groups came from so i was also learning and experiencing 
a lot of things that helped me with uh, the chops, as they call it, or knowing how to play certain types of riffs and so forth in music that were stylish. So uh, it just continued, like I say, and then, uh, and then moved all of a sudden, out. Here you are now. You got all these things that you're going on, which we're going to lead into that because okay. <laughs> Because I know that Vel has a new single and he's going to tell us about his single that he has and who he's working with and all of the accolades that go with the producer and the production team and all of that. So tell us about your new single, Vel. Yeah, I was actually in the studio this morning finishing up some overdubs on a new single that we're going to release, hopefully within the next two weeks. Uh, but we also... And we, meaning myself and my partner, his name is Michael Garvin. Michael is a songwriter, guitarist. Uh, I call him a prolific songwriter because he's written 33 top 10 hits in his career. And 20 of those are top or number one hits that he's written. Uh, one in particular was the song Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez. He's uh, one of the writers on that one. Mm-hmm. And another one I'm sure you know called uh, Never Give Up on a Good Thing by George Benson. He wrote that as well. And uh, it, the list goes on where he's written right. for uh, Tammy Winnett. 33 for, times. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Loretta Lynn. I saw his name on some uh, record yesterday. Oh, my gosh. So we've decided to team up after meeting uh, here in Houston. We performed together um, at House of Blues for... Um, what would you call this? Uh, it was a benefit concert uh, for survivors of Hurricane Harvey, which I was one of those as well. Our house was uh, ravaged from that hurricane. Um, after that, we've kept in touch and then decided to form our own record label. So it is called Garvel Music, and we released our debut release from the label uh, last uh, April, this past April. And that song is called Playtime. You can find that on YouTube and everywhere you want to look. You can just uh, Google Vel Lewis and it'll pop up. Um, the official video release is on YouTube as well. I do have a YouTube channel also. But uh, it is now um, hopefully being voted on for a Grammy nomination. It was submitted and it's in the first round voting stage at this point. Yes, yes, thank you very much. I need that. <laughs> Come on, Lord. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. We got it, we got it. Right, mm-hmm. So uh, we, we should know about that. Uh, I think they released the results on November 17th for all the uh, artists that have uh, received nominations. So. Uh, well, yeah. that's so cool. Okay, now tell us also, I know that you're working with Diane Warwick on something. So tell us oh, a Dion. little bit about mm -hmm. that also. Yeah, Dion Warwick and I used to, well, I used to tour with her. And I was on her world tour for a few years. Uh, we've kept in touch. Uh, when I went solo, she kind of whispered in my ear as I was about to walk out. She said, you make sure you keep in touch with me and let me know what you're doing. I said, oh, okay, I will. Yes, and they call her Auntie Auntie, so we—that's her little affectionate name. So uh, we kept in touch, and I told her about my organization and what we're doing. And I kind of took a deep breath and said, um, "Dan, uh, would you happen to mind working with me and my music foundation? We're working with kids, and you know, providing instruments for them. We have you know, workshops and clinics." 
and uh, maybe you could be on our podcast show as well. But more importantly, right now, I, I'm trying to put a music festival together for next year. And I think you could probably open some doors that I would have difficulty opening. She said, well, first of all, I'm glad you even thought about me. Uh, and she, uh, yes, I would be glad to do that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> my heart was <laughs> 90 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So, uh, yes, we've been uh, exchanging emails quite a bit uh, over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, she actually surprised me and called me yesterday. So it was great to uh, chat with her and catch up on, you know, old times as well as what we're doing now. So uh, looking forward. Yeah, I'm really glad to be working with her again and, uh, you know, moving forward with F2F Music Foundation. Right. I'm telling you, it's nothing like having some connections. <laughs> That's right. That's so true. <laughs> you networking will get you in rooms and places that money mm -hmm. and, and, and your reputation cannot. So I do not underestimate networking and keeping, keeping contacts and, you know, quit burning bridges. So I, I love I, that. Exactly. <laughs> I tell kids that all the time. Don't block your blessings because right. they come all ways, all different ways. Yes. Yes. But you know, that that's why we're so wise now, Vale. Like, you know, it just, that's why they say wisdom mm -hmm. comes with age. Cause you just, you don't even think you don't even care about that. So I love that. That's I love right. that. Okay. So for anyone that's listening, that wants to support you, that wants to help what are some ways that one, we can help you and your foundation and how can we support you and how can people get in contact with you? Okay. On the website that we have, and we also have social media pages. The website is www.f, the number two, the letter F again, musicfoundation.org. I'll say that again. It's www.f2fmusicfoundation.org. And on that website, we have a lot of information, a lot of things that can keep you interested for hours, if you'd like. We have uh, a tab of um, meet, the, meet Our Team, so you can meet all of our board members and, and find out more about me as well. You can also contact us through the website. We also have a newsletter that we publish, so that'll keep you up to date on what we're doing and what's coming up. Uh, we also have a tab for uh, information about our instrument fund program. There's uh, a video there with a student that we've uh, helped. She was 12 years old at the time. I think she's probably 14 now. And we provided a brand new handmade cello for her. Uh, her parents were having difficulty being able to afford the expense of getting her one and she was borrowing a cello which was not in good condition uh, but she wanted to play and she put a lot of effort into it and i noticed that and i uh, heard about her through her instructor who reached out to us after finding out what we were doing and uh, because of her recommendation and we always look for recommendations from band or orchestra uh, directors and uh, uh, to help us you know, know which kids we need to help, that we were able to provide that to her. And then she also talks about the benefits of us doing that for her. And the student actually uses her own words in the video. Then there's a tab for uh, the new flyer that we have for the music festival coming up. That's there on the music festival tab. 
And more importantly, there's a tab for podcasts. So you just click on the podcast tab. And there are right now 14 different episodes that we've recorded over the last couple of years that you can listen to from the website, or you can just click on the download button. You can download it to whatever device and listen to whenever you feel like it. You don't have to waste your time then if you don't want to or if you can't. You can listen to it later while you're cleaning the house or driving, wherever you're going, whatever. So uh, that type of information is available to anyone, anywhere. Uh, we also, as I mentioned, have social media pages. So we are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we're on Instagram with F2F Music Foundation. And okay. we try to post regularly there. Okay, so the website again, www.f2fmusicfoundation.org. Yeah, don't forget the dot after the www's. Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. And I'll actually have all of that information um, highlighted in the podcast notes also. So on the episode notes or whatever, I'll have all of the links there too, which will actually be clickable links. So you guys can definitely go to that site, support, give back. That's our whole purpose in life is using whatever we've been blessed with to bless others. That's how mm -hmm. we continue to receive blessings. So thank you, Vail, for what you're doing. And thank you for being a guest on Beyond the Fit today. Thank you. And also, just to uh, say one last thing, if you want to hear more of my music, go to VailLewis.com. V-E-L-L-E-W-I-S.com, right. And then there's links there to all of my music and videos and so forth. So then you can enjoy yourself. Yes, and that's where I got all the information, too. That's why I was like, mm, you know what? We need to let them know from the beginning, Vail, we're going to put some respect <laughs> on your name because you don't get a lot of stuff. So let's just start off with all the... <laughs> Some oh, thank of the little, you. <laughs> little teasers of some of the big things that you've done. So I, I'm truly honored to speak with you today. And I love what you're doing. I love your platform and, and anything I can do to help. I'm like, hey, let's get it going. So again, you guys, you. Mr. Vail Lewis, thank you. Thank you. And have a great